0: Welcome to Casting As Podcast. We are in the, uh, Northern Campus. We are in the Northern Campus. We are. We are, again, this is what, the second time now that we've had the opportunity to, uh, try out your new studio arrangement?
1: Yeah, I'm still work, it's still a work in progress. It's not quite it's okay. uh, perfect yet, but it, it'll get there.
0: It's alright. It's alright. You, you know, you gotta, Start somewhere, and yeah. this is where we start.
1: I'm, right now I'm, I'm looking like I'm coming down from the Mount of Sinai with a glowing face, but I can't do it because of the fluorescent light. So, it's, yeah. It's fun because you're learning about like, lighting and you're like, you never thought about lighting before. Yeah. And how things look on screen and then you realize, oh, there's shadows and you gotta have three different types of lights and...
0: Makeup no we're not doing makeup <laughs> but you know and 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 to be honest you know i know you're you got a little bit of radiance going but it's more of the fading radiance <laughs> fading, <laughs> it. it all depends
1: on what you're talking about so today we're continuing our scandalous stories uh from the bible looking at the parables of jesus helping us they are scandalous because they help us to see ourselves and our savior better and maybe uh reveal some things about us that we don't like to see or the Aspects of the kingdom of God that we're not always, uh, because of our sinful nature, uh, we, it's kind of scandalous to us because it is abrasive to our normal, normal, quote unquote, what we were born with, um, way of thinking. Yeah. But as we do so, if there is anything that we, uh, say that offends you, we, we hope not to do that. We are just two pastors having a conversation with one another, um, and we're learning as we go to the scriptures together. And as we do so, uh, we'll probably say something that, uh, isn't something that we really agree with because we're just throwing stuff up against a wall.
0: Maybe not well thought out. Yeah, not
1: not well thought out. Yes, in my case. And then, uh, we, we bounce it off each other and we, and this is meant to be a conversation meant for you to grow as you go into God's Word. But, uh, everything we say here isn't necessarily representative of our church bodies or our churches. But if there's something that, uh, you have a question about, something that uh, is abrasive even, uh, we hope not to, by the end of this, not to be so abrasive as whatever we're, whatever, uh, band-aid we're pulling off, we're gonna, we're gonna put another band-aid in, in its place, which is Christ. And, uh.
0: Better than a band-aid. Better than a band-aid. Yeah.
1: So if there's anything, reach out to us, castingnetspod at gmail.com. You can talk to us on Facebook. You can talk to us in person at St. John in Maribel, or you can talk to us at Emmanuel in Shirley. If you like our Denmark podcast. Too.
0: You're in Denmark now.
1: I'm in Denmark <laughs> too. Yes, right. Vacancy pastor in, uh, Christ at Denmark yeah uh, and if you like what we have to say help the, spread this by uh liking and subscribing, and that helps the algorithms so that others who are doing researching on parables or god's word or online bible class can find us
0: absolutely so let's uh let's get to this show. music never gets old. It, we'll just play it
1: again and again. We can't. Uh, then never. eventually we'll say, yeah, it's Time old. for something new.
0: Yeah, it's like that coffee.
1: Like
0: <laughs> good coffee. Like good coffee. Eventually you got to change up the good coffee because it just gets old. Yeah. Um, we are actually, uh, <clears throat> continuing our look at the scandalous stories and, and what surrounds them and makes the parables scandalous. Um, and so we're, we're actually going to one of the parables that I think is, um, well known, well known, and used, used. every Ash used, Wednesday. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we're we're or taking just a about every
1: Wednesday.
0: Well, and also I think used as as a springboard for some people who say I'm not like them. Um, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure later on. So Luke 18 is is where the the parable is found. It is um, looking at nine through fourteen is really where the parable is. But um, what makes it scandalous is the framework in which it's thought. Yeah. So. It,
1: um and it is interesting the uh you're not sh- we're not sure if it's told right after the previous uh parable that Jesus uh says, but on the on the flip side, it does fit because the uh, the previous parable is the persistent widow who is uh keeping on um annoying the judge and
0: right. Well, and then and and what really makes it what what makes the next Occurrences in eighteen scandalous, and it's not just <clears throat> this parable, but it's also um, Jesus loving the children and and having the children brought to him, and then also the the um, the communication that he has with the rich young man, which which comes at the end of eighteen. Um, what makes it scandalous is that is really the the line that Jesus leaves us with right before the parable. Right, he leaves us with that line of, however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And then what do you have? You have these occurrences. You have a parable. You have the children. You have the rich young man that really is giving us indication of what is faith on earth, right? Um, this is the indication of what is what is the Son of Man looking for? Um, what does the Son of Man have um, that that is going to be uh, the moniker of it's here or not? Um, and that's what kind of makes this a scandalous parable because it really is following – and, and granted, like you said, we don't—we're not sure if the conversation was held right after it. But the way that Luke was led to write it by the Spirit connects those events, and and connects to the Son of Man when he comes is going to be looking for faith. What does faith look like? And 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 what does it rely on? And and how does it function? And and here it is. Um, and, and you get this parable, and and you're you're kind of. Now thrown into it, where where now you have to deal with with what we have before us. So I don't know if there's any other introduction um, that we might want to give to surround what the parable will be um, before we we jump on in and and maybe give it a, a good read and then talk about it. Um, to me, I think that that centers us on the on the frame and says here's where where we're going to be. We're looking at what faith is um, and what what is the savior looking for. Maybe I would say, because I know you're you're prepping and getting things ready over on your end. Um, maybe I would say something to keep in mind as we walk through this is God is uh, the Son of Man is looking for faith, and maybe we need to start relying on on some really well thought out words of Augustine in this and saying what God demands. He provides and what he um so so that idea of whatever is it that the Lord is looking for and says I demand to see the Lord Himself is going to provide and and work so that we have it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'd say let's go into reading, huh? <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? Like did I stall enough time? Well, I, I'm. You know, yes. You, you give any pastor enough time, though.
1: <laughs> they, they can fill the space. I am not that kind of a pastor, actually. Well, I, I cannot understand. fill time when it's time to, I'd rather just sit there and, and listen to what somebody else has to say. But and again, that's just me. Uh, the kingdom of God needs all different kinds of pastors as long as they are preaching Christ.
0: And you're a better one. I am not a better one.
1: Anyway, Matthew, Luke 18 yeah. verse 9. Jesus told this parable to certain people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on others. So again, right away, right off the bat, this is a parable about the thoughts. Um, This is not the action, so it's it's good for us to keep that in mind. Two men went up to the temple courts to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed about himself like this. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. However, the tax collector stood at a distance and would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but was beating his breast, his chest, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you that this man went home justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted.
0: Yeah, I think we got a couple of things that we might want to just... um Throw out there in in this regard before we we jump on in and and describe the entire text and make some applications. <clears throat> the first is that um, in the EHV, I, I think they're trying to bring out um, the attitude, the internal attitude of the Pharisee. Um, but in one of the things that that I think is very telling, and they leave out of there in 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 the Greek. Um, we have the Pharisee, he went and he stood by himself. So both people are standing by themselves. They're not as if they're they're joined with everyone else in the community or in, the, in this body. Um, they're both standing alone. Yeah.
1: I think that's important because we have Jesus's words about, you know, don't be like the Pharisees who like to pray at uh, the corner so that people would be seen. Where I think for us as pastors, sometimes we would insert that into here, where that really isn't. The, what the, the parable is about because Jesus prefaces it, it it's all about the mind. It's all about right. what's going on inside. It's never about the, the outward activity. So this, this man standing there, uh, you look at him and you say, he's looking like he's doing the right thing. Right. And, but, uh it's what's going on in in the heart that's the ma- that's the crux of the
0: and i think it, I, I mean i'm not discrediting parable. eh the ehv translation because they bring that out in <clears throat> with that introduction right uh they thought they were righteous so there's the internal thought of what's going on but i think what what sometimes what we f- we think happens in this parable when we use it and and maybe you are as you're listening you're like i've heard this parable i've heard many Many people preach on this parable um, and undoubtedly the place that most pastors go, the place that most people think of is you have this Pharisee who stands in front of the church and he's being very arrogant and he's speaking loud enough for everyone to hear saying, look at me, look how good I am. I don't necessarily think that's what's going on. I, I think you have a man who is in church and he's very humble and he's, he's praying to the Lord <clears throat> and, and I shouldn't say humble. Maybe this is a humble brag.
1: He looks like he's humble.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a humble brag, right? Yeah. Uh, isn't that the new term? The humble brag? Where, where I'm acting humble, but I'm bragging about what I did to show how humble I was. Right. Um, and so he's, he's standing, there, and it, this seems like an internal monologue between him and God. And, and the rest of the people are probably saying, yeah, he is. I, I've seen him, you know, he, he out of everyone deserves to be here, right? Um, and, and so I think that's a different approach when we think about the application of this is, is we're not always looking for the boisterous one. We're not always looking for the one that says, Hey, look at me. Although this applies to them too. Right. It could be you, right? Sitting in the pew every Sunday thinking, wow, there's a lot of empty seats. I'm much better than them or well, so-and-so isn't here. I wonder why not. I'm here. You know, they, I had the same things to do. Um, you now hit that idea of i'm maybe that pharisee you know I'm, I'm i'm the one doing the same thing
1: yeah it is very much a temptation for us to make the pharisee into someone that we're not and we say i'm I, god i thank you i'm not like the pharisee uh, because he is bombastic and loud and and proud of his thoughts but i'm not really that way and like you were saying how the it's always the little things um, that kind of creep in and say well I, at least i do this and at least i do that and, uh, we forget that this is, uh, our old Adam, our old self is always revealing itself and wanting to take credit for what God has done in that, in that individual's
0: life. Well, and I think it even gets deeper when, and I like how you were saying, you know, we say, at least I did, at least I did. And it just brings to mind, and my, my son is at that age and, and unfortunately my girls are starting to take after him more than I would like. But my son is at that age where we'll ask him to do things. So the, 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 the biggest one that's on the tip of my, my head, um, is, or my mind is we have dishes. He comes home, his responsibility, do the dishes. Now we don't say do only the dishes that fit into the dishwasher. We don't say only do the dishes that are in the sink. It's do the dishes. Wherever you find them, do the dishes. Make sure they're clean. And, Every night. It's like an uphill battle, but it's just that that part of us, that sinful part of us, that says, um, I come in there, it's it's quarter to nine, and there's still dishes in the sink. He moved everything to the sink and I'll say, you know, Liam, why didn't you do the dishes? Well, I did. I I ran one and I'm waiting for it to be done. Well, that's been done for a long time. Don't worry, Dad, I did some. You know, it's that idea where, where I, I did this, but I didn't do everything that was really asked of me. And, and I see this in this Pharisee. I did this, point to the things that I did well, but how much did he not do well that he's just ignoring, but he's focusing right. on the good.
1: But it, even in focusing on the good things that the Pharisee has mentioned, those are hard things. Fasting twice a week. Uh, this is someone who is especially depriving himself us. of especially <laughs> for us. Uh, <laughs> They they only needed to fast once a year on the Day of Atonement, and this guy does it twice a week. And so this is this is uh some take some self discipline. Uh the tenth give a tenth of everything that comes in. Well, it's it's a tenth of everything, even the little uh the herbs and stuff. So he's making sure that his finances are in such a state that he could uh in good conscience, quote unquote, say a tenth of all of this is going well, sure. back to God. But but you know, and he doesn't mm-hmm. lie, he doesn't steal. There's no adultery. I mean, this guy is – I mean, he's worked on some things, but like you say, um, not all of them.
0: Right. But, you know, so it's one of those things where I I take a step back and say, you know, he really explains the the tithing. He really explains the fasting. Um, Has he robbed? Well, we know – and granted, this is maybe a, a further look into the Pharisees, but one of the, the things against the Pharisees were they were robbing from their family because they were giving to the church and using that as an excuse not to support their family. Um, You know, <clears throat> he's not an evildoer, but he ignores them. So is he not also part and parcel because he has rejected them instead of reaching out with the gospel? I mean, you could go into there and say, you know, the nuances of the law weren't really being kept what he was doing is focusing on the things within the law that he felt comfortable with which is the problem and and so it's like for for you it said the fasting some people food isn't a thing and it's easy for them to fast they can do that and and you're like wow they got really they have good internal fortitude they have good focus they can really food isn't a thing for them it's it's not their vice
1: i don't want to um uh, <clears throat> paint a picture of this tax collector only doing the easy things. I think we should, we should let the tax collector, I'm sorry, the Pharisee be someone who it does some tough things, but not all the tough things.
0: And I'm, I'm not discrediting that. I'm, what I'm saying is that sometimes we have a tendency to look at the things that are easy for us to do and we've done and focus on those and say, but Lord, look at what I did. And then we discredit the hard things that we can't do very well. Because, and, and say, don't look over there. Don't, don't, don't look at the closet. I agree. And, and, and I think I agree with you. Give him credit. He's probably one of the better neighbors you could ever have. Um, probably a very, very good in church and, and good at supporting the, 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 the ministry. The problem is though, he, it's so easily he's wrapped up in himself. I mean, in that whole entire statement, you have, I thank you, God, and that's it. And the rest is what? Five I, eyes? Yeah, right. <clears throat> and, and so it's, it's really the, the focus was not God, do this. God, help me with this. Help me to be better. Help me to engage. Help me. It's look at what I did. Yeah. No matter what it is, hard or not, it's look at what I did.
1: And it is something that is so easy for anybody to fall into. Um, I think of that myself talking about uh the things I'm struggling with. You say, Well, I was able to do these other things. <laughs> you go, wait a minute, wasn't you? Was God working in you? Sure. Um and uh or in referencing and talking about it, especially with the call, you're talking you're having this discussion with other individuals and they're wanting to know who you are and you and you you slip into the eye when you should stay in the, the Lord. Sure. And 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 even when you mention the Lord and you don't mention the I, you can still it could still be, the Lord blessed me. The Lord blessed the, this work, you know. And right. it's still, again, as Jesus says at the very beginning, it's all about the thought. It's always about what's going on in the the pride of the heart uh, that manifests yeah. itself in the way that we speak. But it's still there
0: even when we use the right words. The Lord blessed me to do this work, and I did it very well. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have a really good question that actually has come through, and, and, and I think this is uh, – an appropriate time to mention it. So the question that was given, and I'm going to read it right here. Um, it says, what does faith look like? Someone who is trying, uh, failing and, and falling, knowing they're saved anyway. Uh, it will be interesting to see how that answer changes. So, <clears throat> and I think this is the point that Jesus is making when he, he connects these things. What does faith look like? Now, some of us would say, on the external, faith looks like someone went to church, right? They're there. Mm-hmm. They they they're 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 participating. They have given their offerings. They have done these things. That they have looked at the commandments, the law of of the Lord, and they have said, "I have I have tried to match up to do the very best that I could." That must be faith. Um, but what we have is a picture of again not resting in self, but resting in Christ. In God. And, and I think this is where the, the, the rubber hits the road. <clears throat> faith, faith can't be by itself. And, and one of the things that we have said in our society and, and it, it, it flows out is, is you just gotta have faith. I know there's a song about it and everything, but, but this idea that faith is this nebulous thing that if you just have it, whatever it is, you're fine and good and everything's okay. But faith always has to have an originator it always has to have an object to which it flowed from so sometimes we'll say it's faith in something well it's it's not the, the idea of faith in something you're you're referring to an object that has created the faith so one of the best ways for me to explain this and i've tried to use it before is is like this idea of a car so you you go out you know you it takes you 5 minutes to get to work okay And you you spend your, you, you know, five minutes to get to work. I go out there. I start my car five minutes before, get in it, drive. Everything's fine, right? Never worry about it. You get into your car, you start it up, you go. What happens when the one time you go out, the car doesn't start, right? Well, people would say, well, the car's broken, battery, whatever. Get it fixed. How early do you go out the next day? to start that car after it's fixed, 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Why? If you have faith in that car, if faith is something you work into it, faith is something you place into it, then just do what you did before, five minutes before, go. But everyone will say, I can't trust it, right? I I can't guarantee. And, And that's because Faith is not something we put into something. It is what they put into us, what that object puts into us. And so it is the faith is in that object poured out onto us. When we say we have faith in Christ, it is Christ is faithful and he pours it into us. It is if I have faith in the car, it is the car is faithful and he has poured, poured it into me and it's worked it into me. And so, so, you know, when the Lord is saying, is there faith on the earth? What is he looking at? He's saying, where is, where is this coming from? Where is it being poured out of? Yeah.
1: Is it me or is it someone else? Yeah. Or is it you? Right. Yeah.
0: And, and, and it has no bearing on do you struggle in faith? It has no bearing on are you weak or strong in faith? It, it, that has no bearing. It's where is its origin? Where, where is the origin of it? Where is its source? What is the object of it that it, it's flowing from? Mm-hmm. That's the point.
1: Yeah, and it's it, our sinful nature is so corrupt, uh, and we forget that we forget just how corrupt our sinful nature. Is. It just wants to elbow its way in, and and say, "Oh, you know what? That's really from you know God working in me." But let's just let, diminish God a little bit <laughs> and put put me in there. Yeah, um, well, look at what I was able to do.
0: Isn't isn't in Genesis the 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 major fall the hubris of, of our pride was I could be like God. I can be the originator of these things. Mm-hmm. So I can be the originator of faith. I can be the originator of gifts. I can be the originator of, of reality, right? Um, and you, you see it in the Pharisee in his mind, however it's per, it vocalized or lived or whatever. It's, I get to dictate my course. God, you then bless it and say, well done, good and faithful servant, because I did it. And then that's the totally different. You're going to have you have a you have a an exact. And I'm not going to say an opposite. You have yeah you, you have the antithesis given at the very end, <clears throat> which is if this is what you do, this is the result. Now, what we have in the tax collector is not an opposite. It's completely separate. And and I think sometimes we view these things as the opposite of the Pharisee, the tax collector. No, the opposite of the Pharisee is another Pharisee who just believes in a different thing. The opposite of, of the Pharisee is not the tax collector. The tax collector is set apart, and they're both standing apart because they're not opposites. They're they're different. And, and one is, I have faith in myself in this area or that area or this thing or that thing. And then you have the tax collector who says, I'm nothing. I I can do nothing and I have to rely all solely on my God so take that for what it's worth
1: yeah so the text collector <laughs> I'm still a little confused on the opposite and I, and I, not sure
0: so so here's so when you deal with opposites um and and that's a really good we we deal in we deal in opposites right so when we say um um Case in point talking about faith. We have the opportunity to reject. We can reject. So everyone thinks the opposite of rejecting is accepting. Yeah. Accepting. It's not. The opposite of rejecting is receiving. It's not accepting. We think that the opposite of rejection is acceptance. So if I don't reject, then I have to accept. They're non sequitur. They don't, they're not connected. They're two separate things. Acceptance has nothing to do with rejection. Now, acceptance has everything to do with receiving. It, so the, the the way to look at that is grandma and grandpa deliver a gift, right? They set it on your porch. You can reject that gift, throw it away, right? You can't accept that gift. It's already there. <laughs> so the opposite of the rejection is You received it. (laughs) It's there already. So now you just live in it. And so you have that same thing going on with the the Pharisee and this tax collector. We think the opposite of self-righteousness is holy righteousness. No, the opposite of self-righteousness is more (laughs) self-righteousness, just in a different way. way. Righteous in, in God's eyes has nothing to do with you and you're out of the picture. It's not opposite. It's something different. It's Christ.
1: Completely different category
0: is what yes. you're trying to say. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, that's so. Hopefully, that explained it a little bit. Now you're. Now you can say I'm wrong. You can have a discussion about it. I,
1: it it's a uh, the concept is sound. It's just the wordage and the vocabulary. So it's like, am I going to sit there and argue on semantics? Um, I don't think so. I think it's <laughs> it, what you're trying to do is is there's a logical fallacy that we have that we're existing that Christendom is is existing in which is says uh that it's possible to do something to, in order to get to heaven like you have to make a decision for christ because if you can reject it then therefore you can accept it and so that's the 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 logical the trap uh, right. of why are some people saved and not others if you answer that with the same answer god it's a trap if you answer it with man it's a trap you know, right. I'll even use a Star Trek reference. It's a trap. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Star Wars reference. It's a trap. Yeah. So <laughs> at least so. we got that right.
0: <laughs> but 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 I mean, you see this you see this play out in in the Garden of Eden. You see the play out where where um you would say, okay, Adam and Eve they ate of the the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? So the opposite corollary would be, we'll just turn around and eat from the tree of life. Problem solved. They couldn't. Why? Because God that that's not a no go. He prohibits it. It's not the opposite. The opposite now is you toil. So I ate the opposite of eating is I toil. That, that's the corollary. Mm-hmm. You can't you you are now banned from what is good. And so now that's not even a choice. It's not even in the cards. It's not even it, – it, it's not a logical fallacy. Well, if it's bad, I'll just do something good. No, that, that, that's not in the cards anymore.
1: Yeah, you're out of, the, out of the category. You're
0: out of the category. And so the category has to remain there's us and there's God. And when we deal with us, the opposite of us is more us <laughs> just in a different vein. Yeah,
1: because we can't get out of that. We can't get out of this situation that we are. Right. We have to be perfect in order to get to heaven. We, we're, we're stuck. There's right. no other way. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And and that's that's what I'm saying. So.
1: So to the Pharisee, uh, we. Uh, any questions on the Pharisee? We haven't yeah. moved on to the tax collector yet.
0: No, but we'd had a good it was a very very good question. Thank yeah. you because I think we we do struggle especially in the Lutheran church um, because the Lutheran church is one of the only churches that says we have absolutely no function in faith. Um even the Catholic church says you got a little bit of preemption faith. love grace. in there somewhere. Love love
1: yeah. loves, love's part of grace uh, of faith. That's how yeah. they would define it. Yep. Yeah.
0: And 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 then of course the reformed would say um you know you are working with god in this in In, some way in some way you are working with and the lutherans are saying "Mm, you got to get out of this picture (laughs) get out of that category (laughs) so yeah
1: so uh let's go if we want to refresh our minds on on the text collector whoever the text collector stood at a distance and would not even lift up his eyes to heaven but was beating his chest and saying god be merciful to me a sinner I tell you, this man went home justified rather than the other because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and the one who humbles himself will be ex- exalted. First of all, the uh, scandalous nature of the tax collector. He's the IRS man. He is the one who everyone, uh, it's fun to despise the tax collector because everyone hates him because he's taking your money away. Tax collectors would not only just uh, uh, fund the government that's oppressing the uh, New Testament Israelites, but the tax collectors also uh, were able and were allowed to take their own share from what they took. And so some tax collectors took more than others. So tax collector is your instant bad guy in Jesus's story. So if you're watching a Western, the cowboy and the black hat, that's the, the tax collector. Um, I don't know if, if you're watching a Disney movie, the one who's always got the black hair or, um, has a dark complexion. Unfortunately, I mean, you think of Scar; he's got dark complexion. Um, and that's unfortunate. That's I think it maybe you might, maybe you've never noticed that before. Like all the bad guys always seem to have dark complexion. I'm like, that's not right. That <laughs> that's not a good thing. That our society is doing that in uh, telling people that people who have dark complexions are now evil, and the ones who have yeah. light complexions are are good. That's just. I not-
0: heard somewhere that uh blonde hair and blue eyes. So. <laughs> really caused
1: some trouble. So. <laughs> you have that <laughs> viewpoint. So anyway, it's just, uh, all of the, our society, whatever it says is a bad guy. Um, this is the tax collector. He's the bad guy, but well. he is different. He is, he is the same because he's standing by himself, just like the Pharisee is, but he is, um, revealing what's in his heart by his actions
0: yeah and, and and I like how you you know you started off where he's viewed as the bad guy, <clears throat> you know um, and and then you have the internal view of the tax collector where he says, "I am." because <laughs> sometimes when you when you when you deal with stories, um, the bad guy doesn't think he's the bad guy, right? The bad guy is just doing what comes naturally doing what they think is is right for themselves. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world filled with it. Do what is right for you. And so I don't think I'm the bad guy if I'm doing what's right for me. You it's your problem if you think that I'm the bad guy. But the tax collector is different in in multiple ways in the sense that not only does he view himself or he knows what other people think of him, I'm the bad guy, but he also says I am the bad guy. And and there's nothing I can do about it. There's there's absolutely no place I can go where I won't be this. And and that is the important part, I think, of, of his confession. The important part of his confession is is his epitaph, I am a sinner. Um, Psalm fifty one comes to mind. You know, this is this is the words of David. <laughs> I deserve nothing. Right, and and his plea, mm-hmm. and, and the beautiful part about his plea is he's pleading for mercy, and and maybe this is where we get into more semantics, and we say, okay, now what is the difference between mercy and grace? Because he's not pleading for grace, right? He's pleading for mercy.
1: Yeah, mercy always needs a cost, and his sin is his cost. His, his and mercy doesn't done. give
0: him more. Mercy just takes away what he deserves. Mm-hmm. Mercy, I mean, by its sheer definition, mercy is not getting what you deserve.
1: Yeah. And he believes that he has he deserves punishment because he's already punishing himself. Yes. He's already beating himself, uh hitting himself in the chest, saying, This I there's nothing good that is in me. Um reminds us of Paul saying, There's nothing good that lives in me that is my sinful sinful nature. So the uh the tax collector is not having anything about himself that is redeemable. No, or, or is not it, redeemable, but
0: well, it's true. good. He has nothing in him that is redeemable mm-hmm. because he has to die. And we all do. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's just sin has to be dealt with. And, and so for, for the bonds of sin to re- be removed, the sinner must die. So we have that in baptism, right? In baptism, we are put to death with Christ. We are raised, now freed from those shackles. That doesn't mean that the sinful nature doesn't like to float to the surface and still kick and scream. But, but, but there's, there's this beauty in the pictures that God gives us and what happens in the means of grace and what happens, um, when God reaches through time and space and he justifies and how justification works. It's not, it, justification is the judicial term where we say, okay, he, we have been declared not guilty, right? But, but it is also the redemption. We have been bought back. It is also, um, the the propitiation that someone died in our place and now has given us the credit it, it is it is the the image of baptism itself where i am placed into christ and die with him i'm dead in the waters of baptism i'm dead and now i'm raised to this new life and i'm changed and that's grace that is what god gives as jesus says it over what we are asking because what is the man asking for? He's not asking for an overabundance of what he has. Give me more. Give me better. He's saying, just don't give me what I deserve. You know, and I find this such a fascinating idea of, of the humility that is brought by the law. As the spirit does its alien work and uses God's law to condemn the sinner and say, this is where you're supposed to be. This is where you are. And this is what you deserve because this is where you are. It doesn't produce in me. God, give me more. It produces in me, dear God, don't spank me now. <laughs> just, just leave me alone and I'll be okay. <laughs> That's really what mercy is. Just, just leave me alone. And and you see this in this tax collector. He's not saying, Lord, give me a kingdom. Lord, give me, give me uh, blessings and and honor and glory and might and the crown of crown of life. He says, just don't hit me. <laughs> And that's a beautiful thing because what does the Lord do? He gives him more, right?
1: Yeah. It, I like the idea of he, the one who humbles himself. Well, how does he get humbled um, because of the law? So it has nothing to do with him. So again, it is so easy for our sinful nature to reassert itself and say, well, I got to just be humble and that's all I got to do. And that's all I need to do. Um, maybe I'll, I'll, Get a cattle nine tails and start whipping my back like the the monks would do, and then therefore then then God would show me mercy because this is who I am. This is a, a, a God didn't tell this tax collector himself. God didn't. It wasn't something that God said. You have to do that first in order for for me didn't to yourself enough. Yeah, you didn't, he didn't see the bruise. <laughs> so I I like the fact that he is justified because of where he's he's already at the right place when he gets there um where he is he is he is saying god be merciful to me a sinner he is he is beating his chest he couldn't even look up to heaven from the beginning he's already at the right spot uh, that god has worked in him this heart that says there's nothing good that is in me
0: yeah and, and and i guess i look at this and i say you know you know dear listener when does this happen for us Um, and you could say it happens in confession and absolution in the church as you're standing there and, and we open up the service that I'm, I'm going to receive the gifts of God in this divine service today because I am a sinner and I have been brought to that knowledge and I have now received forgiveness and now I can, now I can engage because I am, I'm now in a different sphere. And, and that's, I think that this, this important thing. And then throughout the entirety of the service, uh, if, if you are worshiping in a Lutheran church, um, we have the liturgy for a reason, because through every step you're being reminded of that different sphere you're in. Every step of the way you're being reminded. So, at the very beginning of the service, I'm reminded of, the, of my baptism that took me from this sphere of myself into the sphere of God, and and now and of His Son. And then I'm 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 in that sphere. I recognize by his word I am a sinner, and yet I am also forgiven. And he's once again done everything for me. And then I hear his word spoken to me, and I'm reminded this is what I could be if I didn't have God. Mm-hmm. And yet I have my Lord and Savior, and this is what I am, and thanks be to the Lord. And then we have the sermon. And if you have a good pastor like Pastor Rudat, he brings you the gospel every day. And he says, we're skipping the law. And we're going, no, he doesn't do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although uh sermons some sermons are kind of like uh, soccer matches they yeah. go on and on Forever. and there is no point
0: <laughs> not, That's true. not ours. That's true. Sometimes they're like you could you could have said that. <laughs> A lot less words. <laughs> just <laughs> I'm get to verbose. the point. Give,
1: give me Jesus. <laughs> I need more of him.
0: Yeah, and I'm verbose, so I I do speak a lot. But but the uh, but but then you know you have that pinnacle of of the sermon that says here this is what you are without Christ, and then and then he moves you. The Spirit moves you. You don't do this. You're moved from that to this different sphere. Um, and now this these are yours. It's beyond mercy. It's not just I'm not I'm not gonna. It's not just God saying I I'm not going to punish you but but now you're going to still rack up more and more guilt and more and more problems as you live life. He's going to say no I'm taking everything away and I'm going to give you grace. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve because I'm loving. And then and then you have the other high point in the service where where you have just the beauty of God breaking open heaven again in case he didn't hear it in the beginning and you didn't get it in the absolution and you didn't get it in the word and you didn't get it again in the sermon. <laughs> in case you didn't get it and you didn't catch me here in all these times that I showed up, I'm going to show up for you in, in body and blood and bread and wine. And I'm going to give myself to you and say, here is my mercy and beyond my mercy, here's my grace. And beyond that, here is a new life, a new strength, um, more comfort just for you. And everyone else who's there with you <laughs> who comes forward, right?
1: It is an interesting um, part of this text where it says, "He who humbles himself." Where it's just a reminder to us that all the activity of God putting us in His fear, He is still giving us credit for things we don't deserve. Um, and, and just at the same time, at the where Jesus talks about the end of all things, when He says, "I was hungry and You gave me something to eat, and I was thirsty and You gave me something to drink," and God's people will be uh standing there going, um, you're talking about yourself, Jesus. Uh you did all those things. You were hung, you were I was in you. I wasn't it wasn't anything that I have done. Um where God in his grace gives us this the credit for something that isn't isn't our credit. Um so again
0: I, completely opposite. Can completely out of what is characteristic of me. Right? Yes.
1: Um, <laughs> you caught yourself. I,
0: well, because we because it's so easy to do. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it it it. So, what I would do is not what God would do, and what I would react and how I would react, even as a even as a Christian, um, is not the way that Christ will react. Right. Um, and and, and so, outside of this, there's that, and that's better. <laughs> By far. And, and you see that here. And that's what makes this scandalous because by all intents and purposes, when we look at it externally, the Pharisee is great. And I would rather have a Pharisee in my church.
1: Right? Yeah, because you get a lot done.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Right?
1: You've got people that are ready to go. Let's do things. Yeah. Let's go.
0: Let's. And and he would be a mover and a shaker and he'd be, be self disciplined. Yeah. He'd be holding people accountable.
1: Yeah. He would like God's law. It's like, hey, I can this is a good thing. You can have yeah, I'll be faithful to my spouse. I won't cheat on her. I won't be looking at pornography. That's a, Yeah.
0: you know, this is yeah. And the tax collector would be the one that I'm always hounding saying, You should probably come to Bible study and you know, maybe you should uh maybe maybe you should quit falling off the wagon. <laughs> You know, yeah. he'd be the one that's struggling, and you're like, "He's my problem child," um. But yet, in God's kingdom, it's completely reversed. That is the child of God. He is, he is safe in in the resurrection. Um, and the other one you got some work to do. We we have some things that we have to adjust, and and a focus we have to re retune. And and to me, that's completely opposite of everything I would say and think.
1: Yeah. And, um, is it uh Flacious that says something like in each one of us, there's the relic of the old Adam. And so for us, we've always got a, uh, a shadow of the Pharisee inside of us. If we, if we say I am the, I am this, this tax collector, I am the one who recognizes that I need God just to remove my guilt. Cause I've got a ton of it. And, uh, relying on Jesus through the work, the working of the Holy spirit to, To, to receive that. Um, but we have the, the relic of the old Adam inside of us. We have this, this Pharisee that always wants to reassert itself and say, look at me and look at what I've done or look at what God has, look at what God has done through me, but really how God has shown me favor because of A, B, or C.
0: Sure. And, and and here is the point that, that, and, and Jesus brings up and rounds it out because he uses the word justified. Yeah. and justified is um to use um to use a latin term extranos <laughs> which means outside of self yeah. right justification is a declaration outside of self mm-hmm. and and we live we've had this podcast before i think where we talked about you know we we live in a world where they're seeking justification they want other people to acknowledge what they're doing is okay because everybody wants it Everybody wants to be acknowledged that what I did, my choices that I made, the things that I have done are okay. And, and that everybody else will, will not judge me for it. Um, and so you have, you live in a world filled with debauchery and it's like it's swirling the toilet and everyone's like, but it's okay, right? We're, we're good, right? Everybody wants to do it. Yeah. Uh, pass this law because then it's okay. Because then everyone will acknowledge it. And it's like, it's not okay. But we're all looking for that, that, outside of us justification for it and ultimately the one that matters the most is god's outside of 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 creation looking at it and saying i have made you therefore you are i have taken it away therefore it's gone um and so that that justification term coming outside of us speaking over us by one who actually has authority right uh, it's not just uh, the opinion of Josh mo down the street. It's somebody who actually matters, and has the authority to say something. Says it, and now it's something. That's I I find that to be kind of cool. You know that that you know he just doesn't say he left feeling better. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That isn't in the
1: text, is it? Did he go? Left with a smile (laughs) on his his face.
0: face. No, he probably left feeling like crud. Right. But he was forgiven. <laughs> that, that gives so much hope for my sermons when people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Pastor, Pastor Ali wants to justify that you don't feel good after his sermons. But he, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it has nothing to do with his feelings. It's everything to do with that extra Nas outside of him declaration.
0: Yeah and he's declared not guilty and he's good and he he's still going to live being the sinner that he is because he is at the same time sinner and saint um he is he is glorified in the body of Christ and yet he, there's that part of him until um this age is done or he is called home that he is going to struggle and and but now he's equipped he's equipped to, to combat it um and that's the point that's the point you, you not only do you have an eternal rest prepared for you not only do you have eternal hope and joy and 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 your sins removed and when god sees you he sees christ but now you're equipped to fight that battle against that sinful nature that is so always trying to make a muck of things right
1: so live in christ live free